Welcome to the Rugged Resilience Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn, the owner of Rugged Resilience LLC, which is a hybrid fitness coaching business based out of sunny South Florida. I'm here to discuss everything health and fitness related and help you reach your goals. Click the links in the about section of this podcast for more information about my coaching program or to follow me on Instagram. But for now, let's start the show. Welcome back to the show. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, I had recently posted a poll on my story. And to my surprise, a lot of you were interested in learning in detail about my personal struggles with health and fitness. For full disclaimer, this episode is going to get into really dark places. And if any of you are triggered at the mention of disordered eating or negative self-image, I am going to discuss these things. So if that is something you cannot handle, I strongly suggest skipping this episode. In addition, I explicitly advise anyone listening to this to not attempt any of the unhealthy behaviors I will be describing in this episode. For anybody who does suffer from negative self-image and or disordered eating, I do not and cannot provide you with any assistance and I strongly recommend seeking help from a psychiatrist, a psychologist, counselor, physician, or other qualified professional. Okay, let's dive into it. My upbringing. Uh, My family was not health and fitness oriented. I grew up eating fast food on a regular basis and I was also very picky as well. Uh, From my early childhood until my late teens, I would say the majority of what I ate consisted of chicken tenders, french fries, buttered pasta, rice, bagels, cakes, cookies, chocolate, popcorn, chips, cheese doodles, pizza, breadsticks, and potatoes, whether they were mashed, french fried, chips, whatever. Um, There was zero moderation because my parents never limited my brother and I on what we chose to eat and how much of it we chose to eat. So I would sit and eat half a loaf of Entman's marbled cake or an entire bar of chocolate or half a package of Oreos or an entire bag of chips in one sitting, and it was never an issue. Um, And I guess because I was such a picky eater, my parents were only concerned if I ate anything. So it didn't matter to them what the quality of food was or how much of that food I ate. Needless to say, with there being zero rules on eating poor quality sources of food or eating some quality sources but in excessive amounts, and there being zero rules on needing to stay active, my weight fluctuated greatly from underweight to overweight to normal weight, back and forth. Once I got to middle school, my weight became an issue. Um, I've always had skinny legs. It didn't matter how much or how little I weighed. Um, actually, my my grandfather used to call me chicken legs or no butt <laughs> because everything was just skinny and flat. <laughs> right? My legs were skinny, uh, had a flat butt. Um, anyway, so when I got to the seventh grade, there was a kid who asked me, and I 
still strongly to this day believe that this question was purely innocent and there was no malintent behind it. Um, but he had asked me why I had a fat stomach but such skinny legs. And up until that point in my life, I never thought I was fat. And that was probably because I had or still have family members that are extremely overweight and or obese, actually, some of them. Um, and since I wasn't nearly as big as they were, I never thought I was fat. Um, mind you, at that time, and looking back at photos of myself at that age, I really don't think I was fat. Um, definitely had a little bit of chunk on me. <laughs> uh, and the body fat that I held was in my face, upper arms, and stomach, which is, one, genetically where I gain body fat, um, and two, I was fucking 12 or 13 years old, so, like, come on. Uh, but from there, I became very self-conscious of my weight, but I never knew anything could be done about it. I just always figured our genetics determined if we would be skinny or fat, and that was it. I had no clue that becoming more active or choosing to eat better quality sources of food would make any difference in my physical appearance. So just living my life the way that I had lived it, there were times that I was more active than others, and prior to learning how to drive, my friends and I walked all over Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan. I mean, when I go back to New York, like as an adult now, to visit, and I just think of where my friends and I would walk, I'm still flabbergasted at the distances we traveled. Uh, there was one day for my Queens people, uh, we walked from Richmond Hill to Elmhurst to Middle Village to Forest Hills to Ozone Park. And from Ozone Park, I had my mom come get me. <laughs> and for those who aren't familiar with any of those places, uh, just to get from Richmond Hill to Elmhurst, which was our first um, journey that day, by car is a 20 to 25 minute drive. Okay? And all those places are relatively the same distance from one another that I had listed. Uh, so unintentionally, I would drop weight and gain weight depending on how active I was or wasn't because I never really changed what I ate until I went away to college. Um, fast forward to college in 2007, I went away to SUNY Purchase for three and a half years and I lived on campus there. Um, I did end up transferring to Queens College where I finished my degree and I ended up moving back to Queens then. Um, but when I lived at home, my parents had a no closed doors rule for my brother and I. And if our bedroom doors were closed, they would just open it and yell at us about having it closed. So having my door open all the time, my parents would habitually come in, see what I was looking at on the computer or listen to who I was talking to on the phone. And when I moved away to college, I didn't have that anymore. Um, I lived in a suite against my will with seven other females because it was not our choice. You didn't get to pick your rooming assignment your freshman year. They picked it for you. Um, and some of the girls were really nice and some were insanely rude and mean. Uh, those girls were, I mean, they were just so pretty and what you would typically throw into the preppy popular categories, I guess. And as some of you may know, um, I was a metalhead. I had purple hair, candy apple red hair, green hair, blue hair, you name it. I probably had my hair every color you could imagine. Um, in addition, I also had my eyebrow, lip, nose, tongue, and ears pierced. I had double zero gauges in my earlobes. I had some tattoos by then as well, and I just looked like the complete polar opposite of these pretty popular girls that lived in my suite. <laughs> 
Um, at first, they were nice to me, which I later learned was just fake nice, just so they could learn stuff about me to use against me. Um, and they made fun of me. And there was one night where we had a disagreement about them having a party. Uh, they wanted to have this party during the week when I had a big test coming up. I told them I didn't want to have people over past a certain time because the noise would just distract me from studying. And one of the girls said something along the lines of, just because you don't have enough friends to have a party doesn't mean we shouldn't be allowed to have one. Uh, and then her friend, who didn't live with us, she was just there in the dorms, her friend chimed in and goes, well, maybe you'd have more friends if you weren't ugly, weird, and fat. And maybe instead of studying, you should research how to get skinny and fix your weird fucking hair. <laughs> um, I told them, suck dicks and die. But I went back to my room and I was really upset. Since I didn't have parents looking over my shoulder, I went on my laptop and I went to Google and I searched how to get skinny. Oh my God. The amount of wild fucking shit that existed on the internet back then is mind blowing. Okay, this is 2007. I went through pages and pages and pages of search results, which led me to bullshit weight loss elixirs, diet pills, fat burners, ridiculous bullshit waist trainers claiming to, you know, just burn fat simply by putting the shit around your waist or rubbing some topical ointment on your skin and then covering it with the waist trainer. Um, I went, I bought, I believe it was called like Hoodia Cambodia or something like that. They were like drops. So I bought that on Amazon since now I could get stuff delivered to my college campus without my parents, you know, opening the package to see what it is that I've ordered. Um, and I was like putting the shit in my water. Mind you, I had no idea what the stuff was. I didn't research if it was safe. I didn't research uh, the company to see if it was legit. Like I just believed you put this in your water, you're going to burn fat. So and, and that was just the surface of the shit that I was ordering and consuming without knowing anything about it. Right. And then I found this live journal uh, community. For those who don't know what live journal is, if it was before or after your time, <laughs> it was an online journal, right? It was just a, a blog site. You could post blog entries and you could create different forums, right? Chat forums. So um, I found a live journal of this one girl. And her profile picture showed her face and her body. And she was very pretty and super, super, super skinny. Like, you could see her bones skinny. And I remember the first entry that showed up on her page. It was at the very top. So it was like at the most recent post, right? The title was in big, bold letters. And it said, today was a good day. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> and I went on to read the post underneath that title, which discussed how she went out to eat with her friends. And she was so proud of herself for not swallowing one bite of food. And I saw some of the comments that were left on this post. Um, a lot of other skinny females, um, there were actually some guys on there too, they were commending her. Some remarked that they wish they had been as successful the last time they went out or they wish they were as dedicated as she was. One girl said that she was upset because she had eaten an appetizer 
and somebody else replied to that girl, giving her encouragement and suggesting that maybe she should just go on the elliptical for another hour. And I'd looked at these communities that this girl was part of because that was like listed on their page. You could see what groups they were part of. Um, and she had two communities that I saw. One was called Anna. One was called Mia. Okay. Clicked on it. Didn't know what it was. I thought they were just like girls' names. Like I didn't, I thought there was a girl who made the community. Um, if you don't know what those names stand for, Anna is a code name for anorexic and Mia is a code name for bulimia, <laughs> where you intentionally make yourself throw up your food. Okay. Let me tell you how deep of a rabbit hole I got sucked into with these two communities. It was just insane, the advice these people were giving to each other. And again, it wasn't just females. It was males too, right? Insane things like tips on how to make it look like you're eating if you have to go out to eat with family or friends, right? So you, oh, just use your fork and push around your food on your plate to make it look like you've eaten or take a bite of something and then pretend to wipe your mouth with the napkin, but then surreptitiously spit your food into the napkin so you don't consume the calories from the food or eat your food, go to the bathroom to throw it up immediately after eating. And I kept seeing this word elliptical thrown around and I didn't know what it was. Um, for those who still don't know what an elliptical is, it's just, uh, it's a cardio machine, right? There's foot pedals and hand, um, like arms. Sometimes they have arms, sometimes they don't. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it looks like a Stairmaster. It's just a cardio machine, right? Instead of running, you hop on the elliptical, use this machine to burn calories. Um, I could write a fucking book with all of these tips and advice that were given in these forums on how to get or stay skinny, right? These communities glamorized being able to see your rib bones through your skin. It was like a beautiful thing to see the human skeleton through your skin by having dangerously low percentages of body fat and muscle mass. And there was one chat that discussed not weight training because putting on muscle wasn't a good thing. Or having a thigh gap was heavily sought after. Mind you, this is not to say that if you do have a thigh gap that you're unhealthy. I, I mean, that your structure just has to do with your genetic, like your musculoskeletal structure is determined by genetics. But anyway, I digress. It was encouraged to perform excessive amounts of cardio, right? Running wasn't very popular in these communities for whatever reason. Um, it just seemed like the preferred method was using an elliptical. I very quickly became obsessed, obsessed with being able to see my rib cage, see my hip bones. Um, and I knew there was a gym on campus, but I had never stepped foot inside of it because I was like intimidated. So I, I didn't go in there right away. Um, my roommate at the time in the suite had lived local to the school. So she always went home on the weekends and I had the room to myself every weekend, like guaranteed. She was never there. So I would go as long as I could without eating. And when I got hungry, I would just chug water, which was another one of these tips that the forum suggested, because if your stomach is full of water, you're not going to want food. Um, or another tip was to eat a pretzel rod because it's a low fat food. 
Um, and needless to say, the nutrition, health, and fitness advice given in these communities were absolute horseshit. Um, and so it was a common misconception, you know, that foods containing fat would make you fat. So that's why, like, apples and pretzels were recommended. Um, and when I say I would eat a pretzel rod, I mean just that. I would eat one pretzel rod when I was hungry. And I would feel guilty about it. Dude, you know how fucking crazy that is? And sometimes I would take a bite of the pretzel and spit it out immediately because of how guilty I felt. Obviously, I had developed an incredible eating disorder. <laughs> Fast forward to me stepping foot into the campus gym, um, I, to my delight, I discovered they had multiple ellipticals there. So now I was not only restricting the food I was consuming, but I was doing excessive amounts of cardio as well. However, the long streaks of depriving myself of eating would ultimately lead me to binge eat. And I would binge and feel like such a piece of shit, I would just go hop on the elliptical and do cardio for hours to feel like I had offset the amount of calories I'd just eaten. And this was just as unhealthy as me starving myself to begin with. And it got to a point eventually where I googled, how many calories do you burn using an elliptical for an hour? And then I googled how many calories are in the foods that I was binging on. And I was horrified at the fact that I was eating at least 10 times the amount of calories than what I was burning. Like, I was so upset, I cried about it. I was so mortified and disgusted with myself. I went to my live journal communities and I posted about how I was feeling. And the fucked up part of all of this is there is so, or I don't know if there is anymore, I don't even know if live journal still a thing, but back then there was so much love and support in these groups, right? From people you didn't know. Like it was such a welcoming community, but obviously these communities were so fucked up and encouraging really like just bad behaviors. Um, and one of the users commented that maybe Anna isn't for you. Maybe you should try Mia. <laughs> and the thought of making myself throw up was so alien to me. Right. I was never like that kid that threw up from being sick. And when I started drinking alcohol, I was never the kind of person to throw up when I was hungover. And whenever I did throw up, it was such an unpleasant experience for me. Not that I think that any mentally well person enjoys throwing up, but the, the thought of doing that just, I don't know, I felt negatively about it. And I told myself, for a while, there's no way I could do that, right? For starters, I didn't have a private bathroom at college. It was a communal bathroom in my suite. There were two showers in there, I think three sinks and maybe two or three toilets. And if I'm remembering correctly, the main door to the bathroom didn't have a locking mechanism. Um, and then on our floor, right, with the other, the regular dorm rooms, they had a communal bathroom as well. Um, but again, how would I go in there? Like, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, how on earth could I do this without anybody walking in on me? So like I said, I avoided going that route for a while and I just continued this horrible habit of starving, binging, doing excessive cardio, 
and then feeling guilty about it. And eventually I got to a point where I had binged so much food, right? I just ate, I like could not stop myself. I wanted to and I, I physically couldn't stop myself to the point my stomach felt like it was going to pop. And that at that moment, no one was in my suite and I knew they were going to be gone for a while because two girls were out of town and the others had discussed going to dinner some of them had party plans, and then my roommate was home for the weekend, as she normally was. So I ran to the bathroom, and I grabbed a toothbrush, like these communities, you know, said to use, and I tried to make myself gag. I, I heaved, but nothing came out. And I kept trying, and it wasn't working. And I actually started crying because I thought of how many calories I had just eaten, and I was so upset that I was going to have to digest all that food and that food was going to have to stay in my body. I was hysterical. I ran to the bathroom, um, not the bathroom, I ran back to my room and I had posted on the forum and one guy asked me, he's like, oh, did you drink anything when you ate all that? I'm like, no. And he goes, no, you have to drink something. Go drink some water to get some, um, you know, fluid in your stomach. It's going to loosen everything up and it's going to come out. My stomach was so full. Like I said, I was in pain from how much I ate. I couldn't even fathom drinking anything. But, you know, I had to trust the pros. So I guzzled down two bottles of water and ran back to the bathroom. And what do you know? It worked. And I felt like such a sense of relief. But I was also so ashamed and disgusted with myself. And this continued for much longer than I ever thought it would have. So I, I told myself, no, this should be an emergency-only option. And it just became habitual, right? Pretty much anything I ate, I wanted to get out. Using my toothbrush stopped working. And to spare you all of the even darker details of what I had to do to get the food up, I will just say that... I still have scars on my hand from where my teeth would rub against my knuckles. And I did this regularly from 2007 until 2015. Now, mind you, at some point, I just gave up on trying to starve. And I returned to, quote unquote, eating normally. But I would restrict myself from having what I labeled as bad foods. And I would feel guilty. And I would go do what I needed to do, right? It was eight years of this. And even when I started lifting weights in 20, I want to say 2012 is when I really got serious about it um, or started developed like an interest in it, like a real one. Um, even when I learned about that, I continued these unhealthy habits even when I learned about or started to learn and teach myself about proper nutrition and even wanting to build muscle now, throughout all of that, I would still tell myself how unhealthy I was being. And I just couldn't stop. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't stop. It had become a habit. Um, so I Googled what are the side effects of, you know, continuing to be bulimic and no fucking shit. Death was always a risk. And I wanted badly to stop. 
right? I was ashamed of myself, like so ashamed of myself. And I had left those live journal communities prior to graduating college. Um, but those behaviors and, and the feelings of guilt like still haunted me. And I told myself to quit just cold turkey. And I would do this often. And there were times like I would successfully abstain from doing this, right, for a decent period of time. But there was always that trigger of feeling guilty anytime I would either eat too much or feel excessively full or if I ate something that wasn't exactly conducive to the fitness goal that I had at that time. And even in the times where I still didn't go, you know, to to binge or or purge, I would still feel guilty and I would go exercise excessively to make up for it and make myself feel better. And I truly thought that doing that was a healthy way to handle everything because I wasn't, you know, binging or purging. I'm like, oh no, this is fine. Like I'm, I can just work out instead. (laughs) What I find most ironic is that I had actually worked in the health and fitness industry from 2014 until either the end of 2015 or the beginning of 2016. And, And there I was trying to help people reach their health and fitness goals, right? I was big into meal prep. I had my little six-pack fitness meal prep lunchbox, too, with me at work. And I, I truly wasn't eating anything that was overly processed, right? My, my diet was relatively clean, with the exception of protein bars and protein powders being, you know, processed. But I would eat my food. And if I ever had that feeling of feeling too full, I would just feel guilty. And I would go and purge, like... The rice and chicken that I just like it wasn't a uh, what you would label as a bad food. Um, fast forward to 2015, I really don't have any specific moment that I would call the aha moment for me. Um, but that's when I stopped for good. I I think I was just tired of feeling all of that guilt and shame constantly because I never told anybody about it. I, I left those fucked up live journal communities by 2009. So for the next six years, I didn't have anybody encouraging me to continue with these unhealthy habits, but I also didn't have anybody that I had confided in um, or, or seeking you know help for it. I was born in the late 80s, and I feel people in my age group viewed and maybe still even view seeking therapy or counseling as stigmatic. So I held the secret in for eight years and my my self-image and self-love were horrible from middle school when I became self-conscious about my weight until I made this decision to stop. And even still, current day, I can struggle with self-image, right? Um, but I, I knew for health reasons that I needed to stop doing that. Um, so if you're still listening, one, thank you for joining me in this therapy session. <laughs> It has been quite a journey, Um, but I have been both overweight and extremely underweight. I'm five and a five, five and a half tall, right? Five feet, five and a half inches tall. As an adult at this height, I had weighed as little as 113 pounds. And now I know weight can look different on everyone depending on body composition. But at the time that I weighed 113 pounds, I had very little muscle mass on me. My face was gaunt. My collarbones protruded from my shoulders. My ribs were more than visible underneath my skin. And I actually remember 
On January 1st of 2010, I walked downstairs of my parents' house, and my dad was at the bottom of the stairs, and I had on this black sequin halter top, and I was about to go hang out with some friends to celebrate the new year, and my dad looked at me, and I can't even describe his facial expression. It was like genuine concern and sadness, and he goes, geez, Evelyn, you're getting too thin. Now, my dad has never been a man to emote, number one. So for to see this facial expression of sadness and disappointment on his face was new for me. And he's also never been somebody to comment on anybody's weight because my dad is overweight. So he's never, you know, called like remarked on anybody's body composition before. So for him to say this to me and for him to have that look on his face, dude, I felt so fucking sad and, and guilty. And because I was pretending to eat at family dinners or lying to my parents when they would ask me if I wanted to eat dinner with them. And I would tell them, oh, no, I just ate with my friends and I'm not hungry. Um, or there were times also I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not hungry, but can you save me a plate? Because I wanted them to think that I was eating. But then I would take the food they saved me and throw it out or flush it down the toilet. And I would make sure that they saw me washing my dishes. Uh, so that way they thought I, I ate the food, right? Um, or... I would eat with them and then go do what I did to get rid of it. Um, the side effects and the potential side effects of doing this scared me. And, and the shame and the guilt ate away at me. And I continued using like training as a way of offsetting any guilt. Um, and, and even current day, there are times I still struggle with feeling triggered by overindulgence in food, regardless if you would label those foods healthy or unhealthy. Like I said, it was like the, the feeling of being too full, right? That that's it, it still gets to me sometimes. But I am now at a point where I have a much better understanding of nutrition. I view food as fuel and I don't use it as a reward anymore, right? I'm not eating to comfort myself. And if I really crave something that isn't necessarily conducive to my fitness goals, I'll have it in moderation or I'll have a whole serving of whatever it is and I'll just plan the, plan the remainder of my macros around it to fit that food into my day. And I know what I can and can't control myself around. So for the foods I, I know I will likely go overboard on or feel guilty about having, I just simply keep those out of my house. Um, or if that food comes in single servings, I'll just buy a single serving of it, right? And now I no longer care to be skinny. Like I, I do not want to be skinny. I enjoy having muscle mass and being strong. To me, being lean with muscle mass versus being skinny, those are two different things. Um, and currently, I'm in the midst of a bulking phase, a, a true bulking phase, where I'm eating my calories in, um, like, my, I'm eating above my maintenance calories and continuing to do my resistance training, which I have never done before because of this underlying fear of gaining body fat and, and risking, you know, triggering myself pretty much. Um, and I have put on some body fat in this process. And I'll be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable with it, <laughs> but I have also put on muscle and I know now how to like safely and effectively reduce the unwanted body fat that I've put on when this bulking phase is over.
So if you know me personally and you've ever asked me, why haven't you done a competition before? Or if you suggested for me to enter one, well, that's why. I don't think that the level of restriction that doing that requires would be good for me. I have successfully avoided setting myself up um, to fall back into those fucked up habits for the last nine years, right? I haven't done any of that. And eventually I do think it would be amazing to go through, you know, the process of entering a bodybuilding competition without re-entering that dark headspace. But I have to be honest with myself. And right now, current day, I think that would be too much for me to handle. It is something on my bucket list, but I don't want to do it if I'm not mentally ready for it just to check it off my list. Because I think there is ultimately a time constraint on having to reach a certain body fat percentage when you enter a competition like that. And I would rather enter a cutting phase on my own terms, which is what I plan on doing when I finish this bulk at the end of March, right? Because I'm not, there's no pressure to be a certain body fat percentage within a certain amount of time. Like I plan on just doing it on my own and, you know, little by little and, and doing it in a way that I'm not going to set those triggers off for myself. Uh, but there you have it. We got real deep and dark today from zero to 100. And I feel super exposed. Um, I'm sure some people will judge me. But my goal with having this business and starting this podcast is to help others achieve their health and fitness goals. And if this episode helps even just one person, um, especially if that person is currently struggling with what I went through, then I'm happy to have just had a positive effect on one person. And if you are the one going through something similar to anything I've described in this episode, I want you to know something from my own experience, okay? This is not just about health and like physical physique. This is about your life. It's about your happiness. And if you do have a goal physique in mind, there are healthier ways to get there that are scientifically proven to work. Okay, you just have to take those steps and be consistent in doing them. All right, but you are the only person who can make that choice for yourself. That is all I have for today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to hit the follow button and turn on your notifications so you don't miss my new episodes. And if you're enjoying my podcast, kindly give it a five-star rating to help broaden my reach to other people who could benefit from my show. Remember, eat well and get moving.